Hello. Welcome back to the Magic Woods Podcast. This is the last episode with Dak and Jewel and Becca, but it's not quite the last episode of the season, and you'll see why. Anyways, this episode is called The Lands of Light. Dak caught up to the other Lightbringers. They made it up the side of the mountain and to the tunnel entrance without being seen by any shadow makers. And Dak said, This tunnel leads right through the mountain into Chalet. It's a long walk and the way is narrow and dark, but the other side leads to the lands of light. They cleared away the remaining rocks blocking the entrance, and then they walked into the tunnel one or two at a time. Odo Whippoorwill, who was still sick, but recovering, went first with his mom, followed by other sick Mimis and children and the elderly. They were all exhausted from walking all night, but Dak and Jewel told them they couldn't rest. It'll be dawn soon, if you can call it dawn here, said Dak. The Shadow Makers will soon discover that we have fled. We must make it through the mountain before they find us. Well, it took a long time, but they all got through the mountain. When they reached the other side, it was morning. The sun shone through the trees, right in their faces. The startled, tired Mimis blinked in the bright sunshine. Unaccustomed to such brilliance, they hadn't seen the sun in so long. Dak and Jewel pointed the way to Ancora, the capital of Chalet, some Hopkins distant. Follow the river north, they said. Stay off the main road until you are well clear of the way that leads to Demora. You should reach Ancora within a day or two. The tired Mimis expressed their thanks and began the long trudge to freedom. One last Mimi came rushing out of the tunnel. Dak, he said, your dad is coming. What? He changed his mind. He's on his way. The man paused to catch his breath. Oh, He's really weak, though. He's about midway through. He took another deep breath. The Shadow Makers know that you've all escaped. They're looking everywhere for you. I don't think they know about the tunnel yet. Dak said thank you. He turned to Jewel and said, Will you guide the others to Ancora? I'll catch up as soon as I can. Jewel said, Of course, but be careful. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Dak turned and rushed back into the mountain, carrying an unlit torch. He found his father slumped against the wall about halfway down the tunnel. Dak lit the torch and said, Dad, are you okay? Oh, son, son, I'm so, so sorry, he rasped. And Dak noticed that his breathing was ragged. You were right. Dak swallowed. He stuck his torch in the ground and reached out to help his dad to his feet. Come on, dad, let's go. His dad shook his head. No, I can't make it any further. I just wanted to see you one last time and say, I'm sorry. Tell your sister I'm sorry, too. Tears came to Dak's eyes. Dad, you have to keep going. I can't. I'm dying. You know it. For a long time, they just sat together, saying nothing, as the dad's breathing grew more and more labored. Suddenly, he clutched his son's arm. I want you to live, he whispered. 
I'm proud of you, son. Go, go and be happy. Don't be afraid to love. Dak held his dad and cried. I'm going to miss you, daddy. Dak held his father for a long, long time until finally he took his last breath. Dak buried him there, deep in the heart of the mountain. Then he ran out of the tunnel. When he reached the end, it was twilight. The other Mimis were nowhere to be seen. He knew they were all well on their way to Ancora. Dak collapsed to the ground, exhausted. His legs hurt from all the running and walking he'd been doing. His heart hurt as he thought of his father and the land where he had grown up, now lost forever. He felt hot tears pricking at his eyes as he realized he would never see his sister or mother again. He was truly alone in the world. Suddenly, he heard three very familiar and unwelcome voices. Well, 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 said Brutus Kingfisher, laughing alongside Dimmy and Snot. Look what we have here. Dak looked up and saw the boys, well, they were young men now, in their red guard uniforms. Brutus said, I thought we'd find you here. We remembered about the tunnel. And we'll find the others who escaped soon enough. Dak wiped his eyes and stood shakily. You wouldn't dare go through the Ridgewood again to find them, he said. Oh ho, said Brutus, smiling cruelly. So that's the way they went, huh, through the Ridgewood? Well, we'll be sure to tell our master that. Yes, yeah, said Dimmy. <laughs> then he coughed and one of his teeth fell out. Dak said, you're destroying yourselves just to help the Shadow King. Why? Snot said, he understands us. And green snot dripped from his nose. He's one of us. He really isn't, said Dak. But I guess you'll never see that, will you? Brutus raised his spear. Our master says the penalty for escaping the Shadowlands is death. Dimmy and Snot readied their spears as well, although Dimmy was holding his upside down. They advanced on Dak, who felt too weary and unhappy to run or fight. He thought briefly of Jewel and wished that things had been different. They might have lived a happy life by the shores of Silver Lake, or maybe on the island of nothing at all. But now, that life had passed. The Redcoats were close enough to throw their spears. They raised them high, ready to strike. But suddenly, at the edge of the forest, a fox appeared. A beautiful, healthy fox, vibrant and strong. Dak knew at once it was the same mangy fox that Queen Lila had healed all those years before. The crown of life had extended its lifespan. The redcoats stopped in their tracks. The fox lowered its head and glared at them, growling low in its throat. <sighs> Snot said, do you think it sees us? All at once, the fox rushed at the redcoats. <sighs> ah, they cried. Brutus threw his spear but missed. The fox chased them back the way they had come into the Shadowlands. Help, help, help! 
The fox returned a little while later. It lowered its head and indicated that Dak should climb on. So Dak climbed on the fox's neck and held on tight. The beast raced like the wind through the twilight, down the path that the other Mimis had taken. When at last they drew near the Mimi camp, the fox stopped so Dak could climb down. He touched the fox's muzzle and said, Thank you. The fox stared into his eyes, and Dak knew it was thanking him, too, for saving him so long ago. The fox trotted back into the forest, silent as smoke. Dak jogged the rest of the way to the camp where his friends were waiting. Jewel was the first to see him. She was pacing the perimeter of the camp nervously. When Dak burst out of the grass, she wrapped him in a big hug. You made it, she said. Dak told her everything that had happened. His father's death, the redcoats, the fox. When he had finished, they stared into the west where the dark mountains loomed barely visible in the moonlight. On the other side lay the land they had once called home. Jewel took Dak's hand. I can't believe our homeland is gone. Dak said, yeah, we need to take it back. Oh, Dak, said Jewel sadly, we can't. Mickey the Mystic said that no weapon in Chalet can defeat the Shadow King. Dak said, what? How do you know? Well, Mickey told Odo and his mom just before the Shadow King killed him. Dak said, what? Mickey's dead? Jewel nodded sadly. Yes. And the Shadow King took possession of Charlie, you know, his cave of wonders. Ah, Dak shook his head angrily. We can't just let the Shadow King get away with this. We need to stop him somehow. Jewel said, we can't. Mickey had a vision. The Shadow King is going to rule the Shadow Lands for at least another 2,000 years. But the good news is, he won't leave that land before then. She nodded at the Ring of Dark Mountains. He's over there, making his plans, but he won't act on them for centuries. We're safe over here. So, said Dak, we're just supposed to let him be? Let future generations deal with him? Yes, said Jewel, if you want to live. Opposing him will do no good in this time. That's what Mickey said. You'll only hurt yourself or die. We have to let it go. It's for another generation to fight him. Dak said, then what are we supposed to do? And angry tears fell from his eyes. Jewel said, we're supposed to live. She swept her arm around to indicate the camp full of people. We saved so many of our people, and now they get to make new lives and learn to be happy again. Dak stared at the mountains, and he thought of his dad buried there. And then he heard his dad's voice in his head, as clearly as if he were sending a psychic message. Go and live. Don't be afraid to love. Dak took a deep breath. With effort, he turned his gaze away from the mountains and saw Jewel standing before him, looking beautiful and puzzled. Dak, she said, what just happened? I decided to let it go, 
to live. We have done all we can in this story. Now we get to make a life for ourselves. And then they smiled at each other and blushed. And then they probably kissed or something, I don't know. Well, the Redcoats and all the other Shadow Makers worked until they died, helping the Shadow King to build his castle and mine for Quicksilver. When all the Shadow Makers at last had died, the Shadow King had to finish the rest of the work alone. But he didn't mind. He knew it would take almost 2,000 years for the lake to be full of Quicksilver. But that was a mere blip to the likes of him. In the meantime, he finished his dark castle and began collecting books and treasures from abandoned houses and making a library in his castle. He spent much time in Mickey's Cave of Wonders, studying the knowledge contained therein. He stayed in his dark kingdom, bothering no one, for centuries. And after a time, people stopped worrying about him too much. Becca and her mom remained in Westwood. The mom taught at Westlake Academy for the rest of her life. But the school wasn't as full of students as before. None of the Mimis of Chalet could go there anymore, obviously, as the Sea of Etheria stood in the way. And the Mimis of Ivenia and Lasana and Central Magic Woods stopped sending their children to this faraway school that stood so close to the Weird Lands. So Westlake Academy, once a great seat of learning, had fewer and fewer students each year and grew less and less important. Many of the Westwood Mimis abandoned that territory for the cities in the West. But Becca stayed, as it was as close as she could get to Chalet where her brother lived. They would communicate with each other each evening. As long as they were alive, the Mimis on either side of the Sea of Etheria knew what was going on on the other side. Becca eventually had children. One of her descendants was a bright-eyed boy named Gorky. As for Dak and Jewel, they got married and built a cabin on a sunny island in the Great River just north of the city of Ancora. Most Mimis thought they were crazy for wanting to live on an island, but Dak and Jewel didn't care. Eventually, they had children, and their children had children, and so on. One of their descendants became an Agini priest. And one day, many, many, many years later, that priest found a baby floating in a basket on the river. Well, that's the end of the story, The Lands of Light. The next three episodes of this season, the last three episodes, actually star Kitty, Doggy, and Bunny. Remember them? from seasons one, two, and three? Well, they're back, and they're in this season because they accidentally went back in time to the changing of the world. Uh-oh. And so those stories are called The Changing of the World, parts one, two, and three. Goodbye.